Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to another episode of Ten Backward, the UK-based podcast uh, where we talk all about Star Trek. I am a host who has faith, faith of the heart, Rick Everson, and joining me as always is this lady who's been on a long road getting from there to here, Gemma Turland. <laughs> Hello. Uh, this man whose time is finally near, Rick Palmer. Hi there. And this man who's pregnant by an alien and has arm nipples, Will Turland. Oh, right. Hello. <laughs> um, and the reason Thanks. for that particular intro <laughs> um, is because we're going to be talking about Enterprise. Uh, particularly, we thought we could discuss uh, just our favourite episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, because uh, it'll be quite a fun discussion, a uh, bit of a positive thing to chat about. Uh, and there's some pretty great stuff in Enterprise, even though it's kind of often overlooked as like the maybe one of the weaker series. There's some pretty great stuff in there, I think. Mm. Is Enterprise um, celebrating an anniversary this year, Rick? It is. It's 20 years old. So 20 years since uh, Broken wow. Bow. I really strongly remember watching the the, the um, pilot episode, Broken oh Bow, as a, as a brand new Star Trek thing. As an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> How long ago that was? Yeah. Wow. I was going to say before we get into um, too into it, I did ask on Twitter what everyone's favourite um, Enterprise episodes were, and we got a pretty massive response, uh, which was awesome. Normally we get a bit of a response to these questions, but I thought we'd maybe go through a few of them now. Um, so I don't. I'm not going to be able to read out everyone's because we literally had loads of responses, and this episode would be uh, four episodes long if we tried to get through them all. But I'm going to skim through a few highlights. Um, Rich Masters, who's been on the show, uh, my favourite that question is Carbon Creek. Um, so underrated when it first came out, and not as fully appreciated as it should be. You say that, Rich. But about 300 million other people also said Carbon Creek. So I think <laughs> yes. it's pretty appreciated. Yeah. If you think about the 7 million people who but, use Twitter, it'd be quicker to tell you the five people who, on Twitter who didn't say Carbon Creek. <laughs> so because everyone loves Carbon Creek so much, and also none of us chose Carbon <laughs> Creek as our favourite episode, what, like briefly, what happens in Carbon Creek, Rick? So uh, T'Pol relates the story of her like grandmother or great-grandmother, Tamir, who was part mm. of a Vulcan survey team that crash land on Earth in the, um, in the 60s, I think. And they have to sort of blend in the local town until they can get rescued. Um, and ultimately, one of the crew, Mestral, uh, ends up liking I Love Lucy so much that he stays on Earth. And is probably here <laughs> to this day. And I strongly suspect that he has multiple Twitter accounts that have been replying to us saying how great Carbon Creek is. That's a really nice nod to Lucille Ball as well, isn't it? Because the Desi Lou mm. were, they really, yes, they got Star Trek made, basically. Yeah, without Lucille Ball, we wouldn't have all this Star Trek. So that's... Mm. Um, so it's quite, it's, it, it is a good episode. It's, it's, it's really sort of, it's, it's a different one as well. It's quite a change of pace one, which is really nice. It's a mm. bit unusual. You don't get many other episodes of Enterprise like that. So you can see why it's popular. 
is early season two, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if I remember rightly, there's even there's sort of a bit at the end where there's some question around uh, reliability of the narrator, yes. the Paul, as to whether whether her story actually is is true or not. And I, I, I really I really liked that. You asked me to tell you a story. <laughs> it was a good one. But did it really happen? As I said, you asked me to tell you a story. Damn, Captain. She put one over on us. Yeah, she kind of implies that she was just making up to entertain them. But then in mm. a quarter, she's got like some artifact of her grandmother's. So like, ah, no. <laughs> so Yeah, so you're left with like a little bit of a mystery mm. as to, to what, what did really happen. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a great uh, self-contained episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, very a very different kind of Enterprise episode, and a, and a really good example of what the kind of thing that Enterprise could do, mm. and the kind of sto- different stories it could tell. And it was you know it, it took a bit of a risk, really, didn't it? it did yeah. I think it has a th- it has a Three Stooges reference in it as well. I think one of them, one of the Vulcans looks like Mo from the Three Stooges, oh, yeah, which I like. I'm a big fan of the Three Stooges, <laughs> so anytime the Three Stooges get a I mentioned I'm, I'm happy with that <laughs> but yeah carbon creek every, pretty much everyone voted for that episode didn't they and they're gonna be really disappointed that none of us picked that one as our favorite yeah, it, was, it wasn't too <laughs> fair it wasn't a vote as such it was a no yeah we didn't just it's a sharing of opinions Exactly. I think, yeah. like, I think like the episodes that we've chosen too. We we, we all love Carbon Creek here, but it's, it's just not the one we chose. For oh yeah, reasons. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tiborg, our friend Ross at uh, at Star Trek One Seven Hundred One, take out the vowels, uh, said Regeneration is a brilliant Borg episode. I love that it serves mm. as a sequel to First Contact and a precursor to all the TNG and Voyager Borg goodness. And the Thing opening is also excellent. We could have a whole episode mm. of this Frozen Horror. And I was like, oh, that would have been an excellent episode. Just Borg drones hunting guys through the snow would have been amazing. Yes, I would have loved that. Yeah, I, I really it's like stupendous. Regeneration, and it could have been a, a jumping on the Borg bandwagon because they were pretty popular mm. at the time. But but Enterprise did something really interesting mm. with that mm. story. I, I love yeah. that. It's great. I'll admit, I was concerned about, oh, the shoehorn in the Borg in. Mm. But it was an excellent episode. I was like, okay, that was really good. Um, and they sort of in that episode, they sort of the Borg are, are weak because there's only a few of them, but they quickly build up their power, and they, mm. there's a there's sort of a like a deadline for the Enterprise to be able to destroy them before it's too late, kind of thing. Like they they yeah. they 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 take that little ship and they make it more powerful and more powerful, and the Enterprise has got this deadline before it it can't it can't really defeat them, and it, mm. it has mm. to. It's brilliant. The vessel's mass has increased by 3%. They've improved their defenses since we last saw them. They're accelerating. Warp 4.96, 98. Increased speed. I, I love regeneration. I would, I yeah. would definitely, that's something that I would, could easily have chosen. Yes, oh, it's yeah. excellent. I very nearly did choose it. So, yeah, same here, yeah. Several time guest on Ten Backward, Rob uh, Trekkie, uh, Trekkie Rob, Rob Chapman has said, 
also said he enjoyed seeing the Borg in uh, Regeneration. Also, I really enjoy Fallen Hero. I love uh, Finola Flanagan's portrayal of a not-so-typical Vulcan. And I flipping love Fallen Hero. I'm totally on board with that. Um, when yeah, we did our... Yeah. When yeah. we did an episode where we did all the season one episodes of Enterprise, Fallen Hero was one of my highlights for that. And again, I very nearly picked it for this. Yeah. But, um, I kind of deliberately steered away because I knew we discussed it at length previously. Johnny K, at that Johnny K guy, is, um, highlighted the Andorian incident, which shows how manipulative and deceitful the Vulcans are and sets the stage for Shran and later seasons. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only person to mention the Andorian incident. A few others came uh, mentioned that one. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of Shran love on the uh, on the Twitters from this question. Yes. Oh, Pure, well, well purely deserved. for introducing Shran, that that episode is high. Yeah, yeah. there's a Nigel Jenkins at Ingrel underscore thirteen said Desert Crossing, which is one that um, I don't remember that well. It's, uh, uh, Kelly Hearn was another Andorian incident. Um, mm. There's a Mike Smith said um, one they. That hadn't been mentioned, but um, heard a lot of people hate it. But he loves it. Is a night in sick bay. Um, Ooh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, but I love. But I love uh, that a lot of people like it, and I, I maybe I'm in a minority of of um, people who hate a night in sick that bay. Was very even-handed of you. Thank you. No, I, but I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love that um, Star I Trek love is that so other divi- people like it. Yeah. <laughs> But I do. I think it's really nice. Um, <laughs> but I hate it. It's garbage. <laughs> um, uh, Travis at Travis Johnson said E squared. Uh, a few other people mentioned um, Ooh, E squared, yeah, which yeah. is an excellent episode. Um, although I, I don't know, I was always a little bit torn because I find it a touch derivative of, of um, Children of Time, the DS9 episode, where they meet, mm. meet their own descendants. So, but, you know, I think. Trope, mm, yes, well, it does, and I think it made a different enough episode with it being in the middle of the Zindi conflict. That's not a massive problem. Um, Kathy Carey at Kathy Carey 311 Similitude, which uh, is an episode we've covered mm. before at 10 Backward, which was fantastic, definitely. And that, that was one I was tempted by as well as a best, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Jennifer G at JKG 7501 uh, has got another. Vote for Night in Sick Bay. Oh, damn it, Night in Sick Bay. You are wrong. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Really is wrong. That's the one where um, um, Captain Archer's dog does a wee wee on a on a sacred plant, <laughs> and then he gets really pissed off uh, and is really angry at this alien species who's really cross about how his dog did a wee wee on they the plant. The whole thing sacred that he doesn't hold sacred. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's so irresponsible in that episode and unreasonable. Well, maybe if they'd have bothered to read the genetic profile we sent, they'd have told us to leave the dog on the ship, and then he wouldn't have had an opportunity to pee on one of their precious trees. I conveyed your sincerest apologies to the Chancellor. They're discussing possible acts of contrition. Where the hell do you get off conveying my sincerest apologies? They're the ones who should be sorry. <laughs> that's why I dislike Night Sick Bay. But interesting because it, well, he is representing what, Earth. He is, but he is a flawed representative, and that that <laughs> in itself is re- is interesting. So, what season is that in? I think it's season two. Uh, Night That's not great. That's not. It should be season one. Surely. But it's I don't know. I I think it it's 
it's kind of a f- fun episode because it's just all about um, how much Jonathan Archer really loves Porthos. Yeah. Not, he decided to take Porthos on ship with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. He is he is Porthos's guardian. Porthos yeah. is his responsibility. Oh, God, yeah. So he can't really be upset when something happens to Porthos right. because that's on his watch. And it was 100% foreseeable as well <laughs> that that could happen. And yeah. he did but, nothing. But, to I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it is good. It is mm. good to see, it is good to highlight that people are flawed. Like that is a that is a something yeah. that everyone is like. Mm. Everyone has flaws. No one's perfect. So I I can see from that point that it. I can see the I can see the appeal of it for someone yeah. someone being that upset about their their dog being ill. It is, I, I do I, get I do get that, but I, I, think, I see what you're saying as well. Will. I think one of the interesting things about Archer is he is he's in many respects he's not right for the job. In many respects, he's he's right for being a ship's captain, but he is not really right for being an ambassador, which yeah, is also part right. of yeah, the Yeah, he's job. kind of. But I but that's that. But he be, you know. He he grapples with that, and he he, he battles with it. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. I don't. I think that's fair, and I think that's that's one of the things that makes Enterprise interesting. Because mm. yeah, you can see the character like that, but but he mm. um, that's how the how the story plays yeah. out. I think also it's a good that that episode highlights that dogs wee on things, and if you have a dog, <laughs> you should probably be careful of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, I just dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to, you know, mark your territory, like you can, you can do that. If you want to, Rick, like if you, anyone comes around, not in this house. We in your house. In this house, I'm not Rick. Sure you have that. Told I wouldn't. I mean, that's not my house, is it? This well, is, that's true. Still doesn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. We did spend little time on the sofa. I wouldn't so be. Just, we didn't do a wee wee. At what point do it's you not, but it's consider not mine, marking like, your territory? That's. Well, I, I would never. I never, I never would. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I know it's your territory. But I, I think it's um I think what's interesting about Star Trek is that d- people can have different um favourite episodes and yeah. that's fine. <laughs> that's my fine. that's my diplomacy. I'm being like Picard, I'm being diplomatic. Uh so um Beloved, beloved friend of the show, Ian, uh, at Rebooting Me, has said Carbon Creek, the Andorian Incident, and Shuttlepod 1. Um, oh, Shuttlepod which Pod is, 1, yeah. Which is a fantastic uh, trio of episodes. It would be a great mm, evening yeah, watching. Even if it's a bum. Yeah. A bum. You ever noticed a bum? What? A bum. <laughs> She's got an awfully nice bum. Uh, just Matt at MattBob84 mm. says Twilight, which is a very good episode. Um, so Rachel Pierce at The Genie Bird is another Andorian Instant fan. Uh, mm-hmm. The EIST pod, um, which you guys have actually been on, Rick and Will, um, yes. talk about, mention the communicator, where um, a communicator gets left behind. It's a great examination of the non-interference principle before the direct prime directive even was it's like an unfunny piece of the action we get to see archer's mm. commitment to duty now he's willing to die for his beliefs ah yeah interesting i hadn't considered that one mm. yeah good interesting choice uh orange mike 44 talks about affliction and divergence the two-parter where we find out why the klingons got ridges 
the cleverness of taking that little canon joke about why Klingons look different and devising an in-universe rational plot around it. Brilliant. Uh, plus John Billingsley and John Shuck acting it up is terrific. So. <laughs> and also that's the episode where Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a Klingon. So that's always going to get points for me. Ah, yeah, yeah. Heather A at Batleth Babe has said Carbon Creek again. Uh, oh, my imaginary friend Niall at Niall underscore Maxted said Strange our, New World. Our imaginary friend. Oh, yeah, imaginary friends. Friends. we imagined We imagined you. It said Strange New World, which no one else has said, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sums up Ent for me. Amazing. Ep, totally Trek has a bit of everything mystery, adventure, horror, drama, um, yet not liked and overlooked. The fan reaction at the time was pretty negative on it. So. Um, Trek fan 4387. Um, from the Trek Live YouTube show, has got so many favourites. Dear Doctor, Shuttlepod 1, Dead Stop, Cogenitor, Ooh. Twilight, Similitude, the Kishara Trilogy, and Observer Effect. Um, there's too many. That's, that's, too many. that's not one favourite. <laughs> one favourite. A lot of people have not understood this question. Pick so. one, please. <laughs> um, oh, some, um, Everyone, we've all picked one, but we keep going, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. And you've picked yeah. two, haven't you, Rick? <laughs> well, I can, I, can, I can choose one of them. I think okay. you better. I'll, I, and there's one, I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll have one that I picked and then a, a very close one. Okay. okay. Well, I might do the same, actually. Yeah, you do yeah. the same, Jeff. You do the same, Rick. <laughs> uh, Andrew, Andrew Author 97 has said acquisition, singularity, and similitude. Um mm. And I quite like that the Ferengi one has been highlighted there in acquisition. Mm. I don't think many people has mentioned that one. Um, Captain Revo at Captain underscore Revo said dead stop, which is that really good one with the um, space station mm. that uh, they find. <laughs> it's better than I've just made it sound. Uh, it was nice to get some continuation from the previous episodes. The ship wasn't just fixed. There's a cool and funky sci-fi story going on with the station and mm. becomes increasingly sinister. And a good fake out with Travis because uh, they basically kill Travis off, but not really. So, which is mm. good. Mm. Uh, OG Trekker has said the series of episodes that culminate this indie war. Yeah, which is a good arc. Um, Chris at Shelf Nerds has said Dear Doctor, Twilight, the Kishara trilogy, Observer Effect, mm. and Cogenitor, um, which is another awesome list. And I just want to mention actually. Chris does random polls of favourite stuff on Twitter, which is always excellent and really good for some um, discussion. So worth highlighting that if you should follow him. Oh, uh, at Eat at Quarks, Jen uh, has said Stratagem, which um, no one else has said. And that's the one where they've kidnapped Degra and are trying to fake him out that him and Archer have been on the run from the Zindi for, for months, which is a really oh, fun episode. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Sebastian uh, at SPUENTESP uh, it's a judgment, which I'm going to go with just because JG Hertzler is in that one. He played Martok. It's great that's that we got such a big reaction. Yeah, thank you, yeah, on thank you to everyone that, that contributed. Yeah, yeah, this was. Um, <laughs> I had no, response. It's kind of interesting that our choices. Um, didn't feature. Didn't Mine feature did. in any of those Mine things. Really. Yes, yours Mine did. Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. 
Yeah, um, mine did I too. I have got my finger on the zeitgeist. Mine right what, on it. The one one I rejected. One I rejected was in a lot of people's lists. Yes. Um, but the one I've gone for, nobody likes except me. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, we can know. This will be good to talk to yeah. talk about. <laughs> Who <laughs> did we decide? We said Rick go was going to okay. start. Yes, yes, right. Okay, because you're doing it chronologically, and Rick's episode is first. Yeah. yeah. So the episode I chose, I I could have chose uh, episodes from across the run of Enterprise. I really could, but the one I chose was Silent Enemy from season one. So this is an episode where the crew of the NX01 encounter. Uh, and a, a ship, uh, an, an antagonistic ship that pursues them and is sort of looking to destroy them eventually. And uh, the reason I like this episode is because um, every, all the main characters get something to do in it, even if it's only quite slight. Everyone gets something to do. Um, and it kind of leans into the very reason that the enterprise is out there like they're on this mission of discovery and this is something that's going to happen this is you're going to meet you're going to meet something you don't know who they are they're not going to introduce themselves they're just going to attack you and pursue you and it's a challenge it's a challenge that this crew meets in this series i was hoping we'd have an opportunity to meet again the primary mission of my ship is to make peaceful contact with other species If there's anything we can do to assure you of our intentions. I'm picking up something. Can you translate it? I, I don't think it's a language. And, and they work away. They, they, um, they find a way to, to get through that. They, Archer makes the decision at some, at a point to, to go home, basically to go back to, the service to Jupiter Station and get the cannons fitted because they've they've met they've met an adversary that they can't compete with, um, and Trip and to, and Malcolm make the decision that well, well we can we can fit one of these guns at least or we can get started on it, um, and I really like that I like the different members of the crew combine their resources and their talent to come up with a solution to this. Um, and also, there's a the the B story is that that it's Malcolm's birthday, <laughs> and they're trying to work out um, his favourite food, and yeah. and and that B story works really nicely with the A story of the aliens that are pursuing them, and um, and you know the, the their ship gets boarded, um, it's you know at times it's. It's quite scary. It's got a, it's very dramatic. It's got a nice bit of humor and heart. I think it's just for me. It's an episode that gives you a bit of everything, and also it's sort of it's a microcosm of what the show is sort of about. So it's very. I feel like it's very representative of the show. Whereas I think that some of the other episodes that people have as their, as their favorites are good. But but they maybe don't distill down what the show is about into like a microcosm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you picked this show. I mean, one of the reasons you picked the show is that it was highly representative of the. I think yeah. I, I think it. I think it distills what the show is about down into 
an episode quite neatly. Mm. And it gives us information about um, pineapple cake. <laughs> yeah. How did you know, sir? How did you Took know? His favourite food. Pineapple. That's my favourite. How on earth did you know? We have our sources. I, whose favourite food is pineapple cake? Uh, I know one person. Yes, but isn't because uh, isn't he he's allergic to pineapple? Is he not? Yes, yeah, so he yes. takes a he takes um, something to allow him to consume. So bromelain is like bromelain, I think. So, um, so of, basically, I guess yeah. Part um, of the reason mm. he loves pineapple so much. What a bit of fruit! Literally, yes, <laughs> fruit. Um, but uh, just as a little note, the, the other episode I was considering was Breaking the Ice, which is also from season one, which is a quite a low beat, low, low beat episode, really, because they, they essentially the Enterprise defines a comet and they're shadowed by a Vulcan ship during the, the duration of this mission. Um, but it has a really has a brilliant scene in it, which is one of my favorite scenes from all of Enterprise, where. Um, a school has sent them some. A school has sent the Enterprise some pictures and stuff. They've they've got in contact with them and asked them some questions. And this is a scene where Archer records the answers for these kids, um, and it's brilliant. It's very. It's just they, that's kind of again. That's, that feels like that's kind of why they're out there. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting back in touch with Earth. They're telling them about what they're doing. Um, and it's, it's charming and funny and 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 kind of and just nice you know it's like a, it's just a nice scene and and i just love the bit where um where trip gets asked a question about what happens to the poop it's just <laughs> a poop it, question a poop que- and it, it just it just slays me every time and a poop question sir can i talk about the warp reactor or the transporter it's a perfectly valid question Everyone in that scene is do is so well, it acts it acts up the it's such a well acted scene I mm. think so just just for that part of that I mean, the episode itself is is fine it's a decent episode but for that scene I, I I love that episode it feels like that scene is almost like they're saying these are some, these are some letters that Star Trek fans wrote <laughs> to ask about what happens on Enterprise. Uh, that that's something I really like about that. It, it feels a little bit kind of meta, like these are questions that that people, you know, mm. the poop question, ironically, <laughs> is I'm sure a question that Star Trek fans have asked well, many times. Indeed, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. And and one fact that's followed up in um, in Discovery recently. Mm. Yeah, when um, Admiral Vance is, is like offering yeah. an apple, saying it's made yeah. of a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's how I like to present. Um, <laughs> this is why our children won't eat fruit. <laughs> <laughs> not even true, and it's not even true. It's not made of. It's grown on a tree. It's not made of our shit. <laughs> but um, I probably shouldn't have told them that. That's why they <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great choice. I really like Silent Elementary uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'm absolutely show. stunned, Rick, that you you talked about Silent Enemy and you didn't mention the guest appearance from uh, Reed's father. Well, you know, mm. I mean, I, I try to... I always feel like I'm talking about a low-low <laughs> you know, when we talk about 
Star Trek. <laughs> I'll try and get it in anywhere. So I thought, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd leave it out this time. <laughs> Next episode, though, I'm going to get that hello, hello reference in somewhere. <laughs> it, was, it was probably a bit too on the nose, this episode. You thought you'd, uh, you know, it's it's it would be lazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so who is going to speak about their favourite episode next. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, My episode. I feel that you guys have been, uh, you've you've really um, analysed why, what kind of episode you're looking for is your best episode. Whereas I just thought, oh, I really liked that episode. And so forth. So therefore I chose Dear Doctor. Mm. as my my favorite episode or at least the one that sprang to mind immediately um, you you have the honor of having picked an episode that some other people on yeah. twitter also like so you've actually been validated in i some think way. i have yes <laughs> whereas the rest of us stand alone <laughs> <laughs> on the windy hilltop i yes dear doctor so um, the 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 main thrust of the episode is that um, they come across uh, the Enterprise comes across a drifting ship, a small drifting ship um, in the middle of space, and they find two weak life signs on it. Um, bring them aboard, and it's two individuals from a, a planet they describe as um, uh, the people on the planet are dying of a plague, basically, mm. and they've, they've sent out three ships, I believe, at the same time just to desperately search for help. And um, they ran into them and, and they decide quite quickly that they will go and help them. They, the, the people say that they have already... This is an important point. They've already encountered uh, warp-capable civilizations. Yeah. So uh, they then so Paul says because of this that they can go and offer help. Yeah. Because yeah. they already yeah they're not they're not going to be messing messing them up too much. So they go and offer help. And then eventually it uh, it uh, Doctor Flox discovers that it's possible that uh, nature is taking its course and this because there are two sentient species humanoid species on this planet who live who coexist happily kind of well yeah happily yeah yeah that's the interesting the moral the, the other ones the, the mank. Mank. okay and i think you like mank like yeah, um, no. people from manchester oh i did all right, our kids. All right, our kids. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we haven't got, got the plague. Yeah, yeah. We haven't got the plague. We haven't got the plague. We've got kids. We've got mad tunes, haven't we? Like, do. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Sorry, sorry. And they, um, so the Menks start uh, displaying um, uh, quite. The, they, they, they are. They're taking cognitive kind of leaps. Mm. And Phlox uh, decides, well, Phlox discovers that the cause of the disease is not bacterial or, or uh, viral. It's, it's a genetic breakdown. The, the top species are just dying. They're just dwindling. 
And um, but this other species is being given a chance to take foothold and possibly could be um, the dominant species in. I think he's quite woolly about how soon, like thousands of years, yeah, they could be the dominant species if if nature is allowed to take its course. So, of course, the moral question is: Do you? Uh, do you save the dying species, thus holding back the menk, mm. or do you allow an entire species to die, yeah. and then and then allow the menk to to naturally progress? And the conceit in the episode is that Flux has found a cure, indeed, hasn't yes. he? And he then that moral dilemma plays out in a sort of argument with Archer mm. at the end of the episode because Archer is saying, "Well, we've got the cure." We, we, we should, should save these the people. Yeah. And Flux is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Look well, at the let's look at the bigger picture. Well, what are you suggesting? We choose one species over the other? All I'm saying is that we let nature make the choice. The hell with nature. You're a doctor. You have a moral obligation to help people who are suffering. I'm also a scientist. And I'm obligated to consider the larger issues. And it's it's a brilliantly difficult moral dilemma. Mm. And even after the episode finishes, I don't know if they made the right choice. No, no right I, answer, I, don't, I don't think. No, no, yeah. I don't think the characters know that they've made the right choice because they they mm. finally choose not to give them yeah. the cure. Even because uh, uh, initially Archer is just simply straight down the line. So we have the cure. Give them the cure, and then he changes his mind. Yeah. But yeah. is that the right thing to do? It's it's very interesting. So basically, if you have a cure for a disease and you withhold that disease, are you then guilty of genocide? Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think you have to just have to you have to be confident in your philosophy. That's all you can do, isn't mm. it? Like oh, you can yeah. just say there's nothing it's not wrong to do that. Like you're in a you're in that moment. It's not. I don't think it's like you're acting like a god by deciding. You, you, you have are this. You deciding. have. But you, you are. But you, you have, have this. Been, you, you have. But you to have this ability. Like you've been, you've been handed this ability to do something. Like that's the thing, isn't it? Like you, but, you can either do or not do. That's yeah. that's ultimately it. And, they, and neither is right. It's just it's up to you how you do it. Like you can't make a right choice. There's no right choice. There's just a choice. But once you have, but we sex, live in a world where we think that there are wrong and we we, live, oh. we we often think that there are right and wrong choices. But sometimes there are just choices. Uh, yes, absolutely. But but it, it's once you've set yourself on a course, it, it's because they, they initially go down to help. Yeah. And I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that he's guilty of genocide. I'm not saying <laughs> that this is how I feel. But it's it's really interesting and and. And yeah. complicated question because they set themselves mm. on this course to help and then they get to a point where they withhold that help so they have made a decision to stop helping and they have a cure and they've made that decision to withhold that cure so they have made a choice and they have made a choice i mean they don't they don't know that they're not going to find a cure they don't know that you do is they they yeah. don't they you know they're not saying we will destroy their possibility for finding a cure 
So they have literally just said, we're not going to help anymore. So, th- But this is like, th- I think this is what's so brilliant about the episode, because the rest of this podcast could be yeah. a debate <laughs> about the moral choice mm. in that episode. Yeah. And that that is why it's... That's why it's such a good episode, I think, mm-hmm. because we'd like we're we're ready to debate the shit out of that decision now <laughs> yes, for hours. Yeah, and like, and we've we've kind of we kind of we already know we will never come to it. Yeah, so you get into and, you, yeah, you get into kind of sophistry, don't you? Mm, you get, you yeah. get into arguing a point to to justify your opinion based yeah. or what you want to do. Yeah, so like you could say, well. You know, we could we could give them the cure, and then a thousand years later, their planet gets hit by a comet. We don't know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're speculating. We're speculating, aren't we? What's going to happen? Yeah, because Flux is kind of almost arrogantly kind of predicting the the future of what's going to happen in in a thousand years. And ah, um, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're getting. Into I don't think it, you can st- say that he's doing it arrogantly. He's just saying that mm. if we intervene now, we are choosing for them. I guess Whereas was, yeah. if we don't intervene, then we are allowing, you know, yeah, nature to take its course. But does we, he have like a, a space version of the Hippocratic Oath? Because that means can't do harm. So is he this doing? This is a is man doing... who grows a clone to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another favorite episode. <laughs> another great, yeah, another great episode. But that's it, isn't it? Like he he does harm either way, right? Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. And it's interesting that they. I mean, there's a really on the nose line about. Um, oh God! You know, in the future, we might. We, there may well be some kind of directive <laughs> that, so, uh, yeah, that, maybe that guides like a first directive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> directive numero uno. Someday, my people are going to come up with some sort of a doctrine. Something that tells us what we can and can't do out here. Should and shouldn't do. But until somebody tells me that they've drafted that directive, I'm going to have to remind myself every day that we didn't come out here to play God. But but actually, like, j- joking aside on, on how on the nose that, that is and a bit clunky, um... That really makes the point about how important the, the prime directive is, yeah. and how necessary that that guidance is. But would the them? prime directive have worked in this case? Because they, mm-hmm. because I mean, I don't know how in detail the actual prime directive is. I, I guess Everson, you could tell us, but they they had, as far as I understand it, it is simply that we won't. They won't mess with people who are below a certain level of technology, but they they've already encountered people of that technology, so they are aware of it, so they are capable of attaining it. So therefore, the prime directive wouldn't actually. Um, it's sort of to prevent work incident. In this it's case. just it's just to prevent incidents, isn't it? It's just mm. to prevent mess mm. on. Mm. It's, it's it's to prevent to awkward prevent situations. Mess. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think it's for the benefit of those worlds that the it's Federation an encounters. Policy. It's an insurance policy against anything crazy happening. Mm. In this episode, I would have said they would have applied the Prime Directive if it had existed um, in the way that Flocks wanted to. Um, it's not to interfere with the natural course of these people's mm. 
evolution. Yeah. And so to say that these people as, as, as you know, two uh, separate species on a planet and this would be the natural course for them. So it would support that. But, you know, actually also looking at, at this episode, it kind of makes you feel the prime directive is a cultural decision to cop out. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's the assessment of it. Hmm. But, because yeah, visiting that planet could be part of that culture's evolution. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have yeah, to be. Yeah, that's true. Who's to say that, that the natural evolution doesn't include some outside influence and that that was, was always meant to happen? Well, that's indeed. interesting yeah. as well. Well, yeah, what, what's the natural but, evolution of a planet versus the natural evolution of a galactic society? Indeed, yeah. I feel, but I, I feel like again, we we could debate this could. issue for the whole podcast. We but we, could, yeah. what we probably could should do is right? move on to the lovely uh, B plot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think another thing about it was this a lovely episode, bee, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a lovely bee. Yeah, it was a particularly lovely bee. <laughs> like everything about this episode is has some depth to it mm. i think and including the there's some really nice relationship stuff in this episode yeah. with um with dr flux and um oh, Cutler. yeah oh, Cutler. Yeah. She's, she's so lovely she's yeah. She yeah my favorite cream and cutler is a xenobiologist right mm. and at one point she he, uh, flux brings her in on the team that are going to go down to the planet and help and you're thinking hang on She's a xenobiologist. Wouldn't she be one of the first people to go down on the on yeah. the team with the doctor? Obviously, um, yeah. But no. it's, once again, it's the an odd choice. The odd choices that are made on on um, Star Trek of who goes down to the planet. Yeah, um, but but I think I think yeah, the the relationship that she yes. has with Doctor Flox is really good mm-hmm. and really kind of natural and then she and and then how she gets some really good scenes in this episode as well it's a wonderful conversation in the um in the canteen with yeah her and Flux. i think that was beautifully played and it was really nice yeah, yeah good it's back in the day when they gave Hoshi scenes yeah. and dialogue <laughs> and story yeah and character yeah <laughs> I've noticed you and Crewman Cutler spending a lot of time together. Is there something going on between you two? Indonobulin, please. Um, my fool? Joga? I believe the word you're searching for is dating. My fool, Jadusra. Well, are you? And it's just like every aspect of that episode, there's kind of depth to all of the points in the story. Like mm. the Menk could have easily been a kind of a, a one note kind of slave species, but but they're not because the complication is that they're happy mm. and they they feel like they're being treated well. Yeah, and they are contributing. The they, they feel like they're contributing yeah. to society. and they're, Yeah, and they're being treated. But then you can and look at it from outside, which some of the characters do, and say, they're well, not really treated that well, are they? Yeah. But, but as far as they're concerned, they're happy. But it's just like every, yeah, every aspect of the episode that could have been kind of a trope or one note uh, instead has depth to mm. it. And, it. and it just adds to the to, to that that massive kind of ethical decision mm. at the end, which just makes everything more complicated. And um, it's, just, it's just a brilliant piece of Star Trek, I think, yeah. isn't mm. it? Yeah. Uh, and great that 
I, I genuinely think for the next two hours we could debate that ethical decision. <laughs> and still, that would only be part one of what we thought about the ethical decision. <laughs> um, and that's why that's why it's, a, it's such a good episode. Yeah. You know? it, shows how, it shows how good the show can be. Like it's yeah. How, how well it can tell that kind of story. It's mm-hmm. a perfect vehicle for that kind of debate on Definitely. that kind of issue. Without being heavy-handed, yeah. In the interest of time, yes. should we shall should we, we move on, on to, to um, your Rick Evans? I think it's Rick oh, Evans' sorry. choice. I it think is... it's Rick Evans' choice. Thanks. I don't know why I said it like that. Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> it is my choice, um, and I chose one that has also been mentioned a few times uh, in the Twitter. I chose Cogenitor, which um, I thought was freaking um... brilliant. Um, so Cogenitor, to briefly summarise, um, Enterprise is doing scans of an interesting sun um, and they encounter Who's another species, the Vissians. Oh. <laughs> Quit heckling. <laughs> A hypergiant star. Um, and yeah, they encounter another ship, the Vissians, who are quite advanced, uh, make first contact and everyone's friendly. Um and through the course of it, they, um, Trip discovers that the Vissians have three genders um, and finds that one of those genders is kind of essentially, you know, like a, a second-class citizen and tries to introduce them to reading uh, and tries to open them up to new experiences in life uh, and causes a bit of a cultural problem. Um the cogenitor eventually requests asylum, which Archer has to refuse, makes things a bit tense with the Vissians, and thanks to Trip opening them up to a world that they can't get because the society is not ready for the cogenitors to um, have that kind of a life, the, co- the cogenitor um, ultimately kills themselves, which is a bit of a sad, tragic ending. Mm. And Archer chews Tucker out for interfering. Um, it's my fault. I'm responsible. You're damn right you are. It's not just her. There's a child who won't be conceived because of this. At least not for a long while. It's time you learned to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. Yeah, I've made it really down and I've made myself sad. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole episode, I mean, the episode is really, really good. And to me, it sums up a lot of all the great stuff of Star Trek. We start with a science mission, so I love a science mission. Um, then we get into a first contact. It's first contact with a friendly species, which is really nice. They have a lot of cultural exchange going on. And ultimately, we hit a thing where their culture has a quite a differing thing to ours. And from our point of view, it's like, that's not right. You shouldn't have a, you shouldn't have these cogenitors as like second-class citizens. That's not on. Um, but we're bumping up against a, a cultural thing we can't just change. And actually, have we got that right to stone and start trying to change that? Um, and when when Tucker mm. tries, mm. tragic results. So it's um, in you know it's um, it's kind of an in, it, it's it's one of those things that really makes you think afterwards, like flipping egg. Should you know should should can we to- can we tolerate that sort of treatment? But then it's not. Is it necessarily our place? Is it if this is a prime directive mm. situation where we just have to mind our own flipping business? You know, and actually, in a lot of ways, the Vissians are quite advanced technology wise. They're way ahead of um, where humans are at this point. Um, so who are we to go start saying that their society is backward in this way or that way? Mm. So, 
Mm. It's got one of those ones. I think there's a lot of awesome stuff in it for that. Um, also, um, the captain of the Vician ship is Andreas Katsoulis, who was Tomalok and Shakar in Babylon 5. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. So he's an and the, the one our man. Um, him and Archer have a really good relationship. I mean, the, the thing that I really remember about that episode is that absolutely killer ending. And I, I think uh, uh, an episode can live on die, live and die on how it ends the story. And that that devastating ending that um, the 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 cogenitor, you know, um, takes its own life is. It's devastating, and it's like it's a re- it's a really thoughtful uh, and re- and really sort of strong twist in the story. Mm. Um, and it I, it feels like it's something that you don't get that often in Star Trek, where the where the the characters are forced to kind of question their own, you know, because it because in Star Trek everyone is has this kind of um, evolved sense of morality and uh and certainly in tng that's that's very much established and that's kind of what the federation is all about in a way and they 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 are forced to face the the reality of where that falls down Mm. yeah Um, the the genuine consequences of what trip did mm. yeah, yeah yeah And it's all the more powerful because it's because Trip is a main character as well. It's not like a it wasn't like a guest star who made that decision um, and had to face those consequences. It was it was Trip. It was a character that we know and care about. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but you make a really good point. Like it's 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 rare that you'll get uh, an episode or a show where. Where an evolved, like you say, like an evolved sense of morality gets someone killed, mm. yeah, it has consequences, and yeah. and it's because you're not, you're sort of imposing, you're imp- you're imposing your ideals on a alien society, mm. and that never goes well. That's, you know, yeah. that's been done in other ways before, and hasn't gone well. Mm. But just because you're, you're you're trying to be progressive it doesn't mean it works mm. yeah yeah and and trip does this before in, in, like in broken bow he, we see him like start having to go with a, a woman who seems to be hurting a child but as then to paul explains it's it, it was a case of weaning the child to a different atmosphere which was a necessary part and trip mm. barges in with no context or understanding of the situation or the biology and you know and like so this is kind of a very similar situation this is for trip you know he's barged in but you know there's a he's, he's trying in in two days to undo an entire cultural imperative around how mm-hmm. these genders are arranged and you know it's just like he's trying to do this one thing and he's like you've got to consider the larger picture there trip and you can't just do that so, um and obviously yeah tragic results from his 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 ham ham fisted efforts sadly but it's, yeah it's an episode that just it just really impresses me uh, the way it's all got done because it's so nicely done as well that, that, that it's it's a really positive relationship like um archer and um the vician captain have this awesome like rapport going on um as they're like in this little pod going in the sun's corona mm. which is a really cool sort of set of sequences 
Um, and then you just sort of keep cutting back to Trip, who's like a little bit weirdly yeah, obsessed yeah. with this three gender thing. I was like, all right, Trip, get over it. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, oh, and also, there's this awesome little subplot where one of the Vicians actually fancies Reed. Um, oh, yeah. They have, they have some fairly yeah. non subtle flirting. I was hoping to spend some intimate time with you. Maybe we could sleep together tonight. Oh. <sighs> On Earth, it's customary to ask a woman to dinner first. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a saying on my planet. So I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> Something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, if only she'd have got yeah. a pineapple cake and then shown shown him a bum. <laughs> yeah, probably did. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's heavily hinted they saw her bum. Uh. <laughs> well, it's, it's good. It's good that we've we've turned it to a thoughtful discussion <laughs> into um, uh, uh, cake and buns. <laughs> uh, entirely expected, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah, not at all unpredictable. Yeah. Um, also, um, one of the one of the little things that um, Trip tries to show the cogenitor is. Um, the day the Earth stood still, which is just a brilliant movie, so Ooh. it's worthy yeah. of note just just for including a mention of that film. <laughs> so uh, the original, not 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 the, not, not the remake. <laughs> no, not that one. Not that one. Because <laughs> that, that could have been why she killed herself. <laughs> <laughs> I think all copies of that were destroyed in World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I think maybe that brings us to my episode choice. I believe so. Um, I was really torn. I was. I really, really, nearly chose Twilight, um, and I, I just wanted to mention that briefly because because a, a cup that got a few mentions in the mm. Twitter responses, and I absolutely love Twilight it, because it's a it's a little bit like the film uh, Memento in that it riffs on the idea that Archer uh, can't form new memories, mm. and so um, it has the conceit that Archer. Um, the way it starts with one of the one of the best cold opens of any Enterprise episode, where where Archer wakes up and the, the ship's under attack. And it's like, what's going on? And he goes onto the bridge, and and a, a sphere is uh, literally vaporizing the Earth, and the Earth explodes, and he's like, what? And then it's like roll credits. Perfect. What the hell's going on? Someone take him back to his quarters. Weapons are offline! Captain! What the heck? <laughs> um, and it's brilliant. Uh, and then the whole episode is really good, and, it, and it's all about... Um, it's set sort of 12 years in the future, and T'Pol is uh, look, basically looking after Archer because he... Mm. he can't form new memories um and he doesn't really know what's happened she's explaining everything to him because they they have a chance of restoring his memories because there are there's like a parasite in his brain basically a kind of a a a subspace parasite which um makes his brain all all (laughs) timey-wimey doctor who might say the doctor might say um and um, yeah, I think it's a great episode. I, the the, re- the only reason I didn't pick this one is because I 
don't think that the ending quite lives up to the brilliant concept in the rest of the episode. It's it's a bit. It's one of those great Star Trek um, kind of reset button endings where it's mm. like, oh, if we destroy the parasites now, then that means they never existed, and that means we can reset mm. time. And it's like, oh, does it mean that? <laughs> it doesn't really sound like it would mean that, but okay. And um, I don't know, it's just, just a little bit silly. Um, but but it's also an episode which is like, it's really, really action-packed. And I, I do think that's something that Enterprise did well in, in maybe other Star Trek series didn't manage as well because it came at a time when um, when computer effects were way more affordable. Mm. So they could have you know a massive opening where the Earth is destroyed, and then there's a there's a brilliant effect shot where to pull kind of ha- there's like a, a Zindi ship that's latched onto the Enterprise, and she smashes it into another Zindi ship. It's like, <laughs> and then the nace, then one of the nacelles get destroyed. It's like, oh my god! It's like it's massive. It's the kind of thing you'd never see in, in TNG, or if they did it in TNG, you would have to have like three or four shades of grey <laughs> to, to make up the budget. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a great episode. But uh, the episode I chose is no one's favorite episode <laughs> except mine. Uh, it's called um, uh, Doctor's Orders, mm-hmm. and it is a it, interestingly, Gemma. Um, in mm. in your episode, dear Doctor, it's framed by Doctor Flock's writing letter to his friend Doctor Lucas. Indeed, and this episode is also framed with that same device. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Flux writing a letter to his friend, Dr. Lucas. Dear Dr. Lucas, I apologize for the delay in responding to your last letter. As you can imagine, the crew and I have been quite busy. I uh, currently find myself in somewhat unsettling circumstances, Dr. Lucas, although they uh, have allowed me the luxury of catching up on my (laughs) correspondence. I, I really love this episode. It's basically a very simple... Uh, bottle episode all about Dr. Flox and the setup is that all of the crew have to go into a forced coma because they're flying through a a nebula that's going to like all, make them all crazy in that. Oh, <laughs> yeah so they all have to go into a coma and Dr. Flox has to uh, look after the ship on his own for four days mm-hmm. and they come through the other side and everything will be fine and um so Dr. Flox is just all by himself. And that's pretty much the setup for the episode. But he just starts to get, he starts getting creeped out by some really weird noises. Mm. Um, and then uh, like he thinks maybe there's someone else awake on the ship. And it just plays out like a, like a really good uh, kind of psychological horror. Mm. Um and if you haven't seen this episode, uh, I, I'm going to drop a, a major spoiler for a brilliant twist that comes. So, so stop listening now and watch the episode that was made about 20 years ago and then come back. <laughs> um, because T'Pol is another character in this episode and um, the Doctor is talking to T'Pol about how lonely he is and, and how he struggles with uh, being on his own in the ship and eventually... Um, he he really starts to lose it. Uh, he starts hallucinating, mm. 
and the the kind of climax is where basically the he realizes that he's gonna they're gonna be stuck in this nebula for a whole lot longer than they thought, like maybe ten weeks because it's expanded. So he just has to start up the warp engine, and there's an it's it's a thrilling sequence where where all Dr. Flox has to do is go to warp, which mm. in any other episode would be the most normal thing mm-hmm. in the world. And I, I just absolutely love how difficult it is. Like he has to go through, he has to read the manual. Mm, um, doctor, he doesn't yeah. know how to fly the ship. Mm. And Paul is there and she's trying to help him. But, but Paul is also suffering from um, the effects of this nebula. Mm. So she's really useless. She can't help. She, he's like, right, can you restart the, you know, something manifold? She's just like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, no. She's like running around on the, the various computers. And then the, um, the the brilliant payoff at the end is that he's like, he's been hallucinating heavily through all this and he's, he's absolutely crazy. They get through the nebula. Everyone, everyone wakes up. Um, everything's okay. He, he, he escorts to pull back to her quarters um because he's you know she she's gonna um have a rest and he looks he looks in the bed to paul is there in the bed to paul was a head character all along mm. he hallucinated her <laughs> it's like, but it's it's even when you know that twist um happens it's still a brilliant twist like mm. it it works on rewatches because she uh, all all of the all of the things where you where you where she's kind of saying, Oh, I can't help because oh the nebula's affecting me. It's because um she's not really there. Mm, um and it's all part of his delusion. Mm. And um I just I just absolutely love it. And it's an episode which it doesn't it isn't and it's an episode that's all about flocks and it doesn't feature the rest of the crew very much. Mm-hmm. It isn't really very reflective of uh, what enterprise is like as a whole, and I, I, I read some um, trivia about this episode. I read that um, John Billingsley, the, the actor who plays Doctor Flox, he, he doesn't even care for this episode no. this much. <laughs> he said that he, in, in an interview, he said that he found this episode really difficult because they filmed it out of sequence oh. and he struggled with the performance because he couldn't remember like how crazy he was meant to be no. in whatever scene he was no. doing. So he said it was really hard and he prefers episodes like um, Dear Doctor where there's some kind of um, uh, some kind of really thoughtful mm. moral dilemma. He thought those were the episodes that Enterprise did strongly he didn't feel that mm. this episode was a particularly thoughtful or in, intelligent episode so i think i may be the this is the only fan of this episode but i just i just absolutely love it i i i, I love episodes which have focused on the one character I, I really love um star trek does that brilliantly i mm. think i i love an empty uh, ship episode mm, yeah and the you know the 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 I can't remember what it's called now, but the, the 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 sense of a space that's usually heavily populated being empty and how yeah. wrong that feels. It's like an extension of the sort of haunted house mm. kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. 
Um, and it's a great example of how Star Trek can really do a bottle show well. Like you don't need a massive budget or a huge cast to tell, or a clip show, or a clip <laughs> show, yeah, um, to tell an incredibly gripping story. Yeah. And and it's that that psychological horror of it. Also, it, there's this something of. Um, like Dr. Flox is suffering a little bit with him, imposter syndrome, I guess, because he, he, the, the captain says to him before the captain goes under in this mm. forced coma. As captain of the ship, I'm the one who's responsible for everyone aboard. There aren't many people I'd willingly turn that responsibility over to. You're one of them. And then, and mm. Flox is like, I can't restart. I can't start the bloody war engine. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I don't know anything about Why this. Why didn't they run him through it just in oh, case? Oh, they do. No, they oh, do. Right. They actually okay. do. But, like, doing a tutorial is very different oh, from yeah. doing the thing in, in real life. put and... little sticky notes. <laughs> yeah, they should have. Done. But can I just ask, if, if he can restart the warp engines in the nebula mm. why aren't they going through in warp well they established that it, it they could but it's dangerous they don't know what will happen to the warp engines right, if so they start them up and actually desperate yeah and actually there is there are some repercussions um the warp engines are incredibly damaged mm. by what dr flux does and trip is crossed with him <laughs> <laughs> Is, so was yeah. the nebula even expanding or was that a um a hallucination no i think it was expanding although we i guess we don't know for sure because they just come out the other side and everything is fine that could have been part of his hallucination mm. actually mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah there's no there's no sort of clever clever ethical or moral <laughs> dilemma it doesn't feature a lot of the cast it's it's just a really really good Kind of tightly written psychological mm. horror, and it's it's that that other kind of story that Star Trek can do, I think. And I, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely my favourite Enterprise episode. Yeah. And yeah, there it is. I love it. We've all chosen quite um, interesting episodes, I think, and I I, I quite like that uh, our, our choices haven't necessarily. I, I like I like that a lot of people on Twitter have different choices mm. for favourite episodes of Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Apart from everyone loves Carbon Creek, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been quite a broad range. Yeah. yeah. Um, one I didn't mention uh, was Net Noah Averbot Cats, uh, oh, who yeah. guessed it on our retcon hundredth episode. Um, who said it's obviously the series finale, and I know you all agree with me. You guys. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the one that should have been, or the one that was? He I means th- these th- are the voyages. Yeah. He absolutely means that. <laughs> we did. We did talk a bit about that episode when we interviewed him, didn't we? Um, mm. I don't remember how that came up, but uh, but none, none of, we all agreed that it wasn't a great finale for <laughs> it. Uh, that's a nice callback to that. Yeah. But uh, it, no, I mean the the broad mix was really good. I mean, some people even mm. said unexpected. So trips, arm nipples, mm. even got, yeah, got I, some I love. That one. I yeah, I like episode. that one. Yeah, I think that's. It's although fun. it could have been, it could have been, um, better done. I like I like <laughs> I like this premise. <laughs> I didn't like the tone. <laughs> mm. 
I like in that episode how um, that he has to the ship, the alien ship has a different atmosphere, and he has to go into like mm. depression for a while. Yeah, just has yeah I like nice little touches like yeah. that. It would be different. You yeah. have to go through stuff like that, mm. and and then you know the, the, all, the, all the wackiness after that is just you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of anything that shows the difficulties of space travel in that way, though. And I think Enterprise was able to do a yeah. few more yeah. of those. Yeah, so that was quite nice. I mean, I, I wish Enterprise had done something like uh, Shades of Grey, yeah. for example, <laughs> where um, <laughs> someone got injured by a deadly vine and then there was a clip show. <laughs> People, when they, when they finally listen to the Shades of Grey episode, which comes after this episode, they're going to understand why we keep referencing. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> that's true actually yeah yeah we uh, listeners we have recorded a, a, an episode in in defense of uh the uh, tng classic shades of gray that's why we're referencing it because we've watched it recently i, I was just going to say that, that i feel like the conclusion of this episode is that um and enterprise was was really good mm. it's really good and it's it's a it's a shame that it's often not remembered as the strongest trek, mm. and mm. maybe and maybe it isn't the strongest trek. But I feel like its its high points were as high as any other trek series. I think yeah. it's for the most part aged well. Mm. Mm. I th- I think that you know it's it's a show that that bears up to repeat viewing as well. You can watch it again and again, and yeah, and I think yeah I. As a, as a show that I probably didn't give enough love to when it was first out, mm. now I, I I think it's brilliant. It's one of my favourite Trek yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 sort of twenty years on. I get a lot more out of it now in rewatches than I ever did at first run. So yeah, yeah. I've I've honestly watched uh, Doctor's Orders probably about six or seven times now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I've not tired of it yet. I could watch it again now. <laughs> <laughs> the single the single greatest champion of that episode. I think even you might be. No players, not even the main actor who was in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was too <laughs> difficult to act in it. Yeah. Okay. That episode was stupid. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> it wasn't John Billingsley. It was brilliant. You were so great. <laughs> I hope if John Billingsley ever comes to a future Destination Star Trek, you go up and argue with him that that episode is brilliant. Yeah. He's wrong. That even though he acted in it, he is wrong about it. <laughs> I know you look, I know you were the main actor, but but I just feel like I have a better understanding of the, <laughs> the key concepts. Yeah. You know, it were, as it He'd were. just silently pull out a leech from his pocket and stick it on my face. <laughs> and Classic, I just billing. Pass, yeah. Classic billings. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> not, not something that the, the Dr. Flux <laughs> Something that the actress. <laughs> I just love leeches. <laughs> and Do common you know assault. <laughs> A creepy thought. At any point on Enterprise, they could have said that all of the series after, after from that episode was still part of his hallucination. Yeah, yes. we're still asleep in that nebula, and he's just hallucinating everything. 
<laughs> but he would have hated that idea. <laughs> hated that episode so much. Well, I think a lot of people who don't like these are the voyages might have found that a good way to dismiss it. Yes, yeah, that would be a great out, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Does any Does anyone else have any um, final thoughts on favourite Enterprise episodes? Just, I just, I've really enjoyed the outpouring of enthusiasm at Enterprise when I put the question on Twitter. We've never had quite a reaction. Um, so yeah. yeah, that was lovely. See, everyone's like enthusing about their favourite enterprises. Um, there were just too many to mention all of them. So, but do appreciate all the responses and just the actual the, the, the total Enterprise love fest that occurred, which was awesome. It's nice to mm. see so much enthusiasm for that series. Yeah, it's it's great, isn't it? And I I feel like that that makes me feel like we should do more uh, podcast episodes on Enterprise. Mm. Actually, I mean, I'm in mm. quite an Enterprise mood after watching a few of these episodes. So yeah, Enterprise needs more love, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've got that love to give. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's about Doctor's orders, in your case. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, Indeed. I hope you now uh, leave this podcast and go off to watch some Enterprise episodes, yeah. but only if they are Doctor's Orders <laughs> uh... and not um, uh, A Night in Sick Bay, <laughs> which um, everyone likes more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> everyone. But yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we'll be back in the future with more um, Star Trek podcasting. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Cool. But they, they can't stop us. We're going <laughs> to. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 bye. 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 <laughs> bye. That was a creepy ending. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred and ten episodes, and we're still kind of going. Yeah. Bye. Why are we so awkward when we finish this episode? Um, We're as awkward ending this episode as we were on the first episode. A hundred and (laughs) ten episodes ago, we didn't know how to end an episode, and we still bloody don't, do we? (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That's the real ending. Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition! You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum! Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loadexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward 10 being the number and backward being the word backward we're also on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast you can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk on a personal individual level my twitter is at will turland rick everson's twitter is at trek fan rick and rick palmer's twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, 
um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lower decks radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name 10 Backward. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. A poop question, sir? Can I talk about the warp reactor or the transporter? It's a perfectly valid question.